Supersonic Pod Comics presents Behold the Blue Jay from the Journals of Kid Raptor, a randoms story. Superhero Journal, Day 45. Mom tells the story of when I was three years old. We were sitting in a restaurant, and I declared in a loud voice, This is the best day of my life. The best day of your life? she asked. Why? Because I have ice cream! I've always been easy to please. But now that best day of my life has some competition. Was it that day 44 days ago when I was blasted by ball lightning from outer space? Was it that day 23 days ago when I learned that the ball lightning from outer space had given me the ability to sprout wings made of weird space fire, which also allows me to fly? Was it that day two days ago when I, Kid Raptor, defeated my first supervillain? Was it yesterday when I saw that the Kid Raptor is a stupid name and we hate his stupid face group was not the only Kid Raptor group on social media? and two of them actually seemed to be actual, real, legitimate, actual fan groups. Or was it yesterday, when I saw a post from Rhiannon Riley, my high school crush who went to college in California, she linked to an article about my battle with Rat Trap, and she said, and I quote, This was in my hometown. Why was nobody this cool there when I lived there? This is so cool. Also, using the name Raptor is not stupid, Dave. It's the dictionary definition of the word. A bird of prey. Don't show your ignorance so publicly next time. Ha! <laughs> Take that, Dave Edwards. Then again, honestly, the best day of my life could have been that day when I had that ice cream. Things are, are getting weird. I think there's some heat out there because of my actions on TV. It's not like I'm on the national stage yet. I think I've only seen one story about Rat Trap on MBS News, and they were, as usual, skeptical about it. Most of the national news has been about the turn in weather yesterday. I mean, weather is always in the news, but it's been wildly strange lately. Yesterday, the hurricane-force winds that struck Siberia were big news. Today, locally anyway, there's the heat wave that hit, even though there was complete cloud coverage over the tri-state area. We haven't seen the sun in a few days, but it's never been hotter. About that heat wave... My costume has full body coverage, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, boots. It's heavy. I basically augmented motocross gear to make it more protective, which made it slightly heavier. And let me tell you, it traps heat in. That's one thing that the comic books never really address. I mean, I guess it's okay for Superman because he's an alien. He's probably invulnerable, not just to bullets, but to the temperature discomfort but Batman and Spider-Man and all those guys who wear clothes head-to-toe plus a mask? So unrealistic. Hawkeye? He has the right idea. Short sleeves. Starts with a costume that's comfortable in the summer, and then he can add on later when it's cold. Hulk. Now there's a summer costume. Pants. Just pants. Doesn't even wear shoes. But I digress. I got so excited about the costume that I didn't think about what to do if the temperature got to 100 degrees which is what it is outside right now. Two choices. Another identical costume that I can switch out if this one gets too stinky, keeps things on brand, but also hygienic, easier to always have one clean outfit and have one outfit in the laundry, or create a hot weather variation, which would probably be more comfortable in the long run, but means less protection for my body. 
but it does create some new marketing possibilities. If they end up making action figures, there could be two real-life accurate versions of Kid Raptor. The long-sleeved original version and the short-sleeved variant. Maybe I could do an all-black one, too. With red trim, of course, to stay on brand. That's three action figures that would be real-life accurate. And then the toy company could expand the line with things like Camouflage Jungle Action Kid Raptor, or the Underwater Adventure Kid Raptor, or the Outer Space Astronaut Kid Raptor. I guess I'm getting ahead of myself. I haven't even stopped a second supervillain yet. I need to seriously raise brand awareness before I get any sort of sponsorship or licensing deals. The point is, it's hot, and after last night's patrol, my outfit is a little rank, and I'm figuring out how to take care of getting it washed without my mom noticing. Yes, patrol. I'm embracing the superhero identity, the dual lifestyle. I'm doing it. The old water tower is not yet my secret headquarters, but it is sort of my launching pad. It's not far away from home, it's secluded, and it gives me a high point to jump from to take flight. Even so, last night when I activated my fire wings, I felt like someone was watching me, like someone was looking over my shoulder when I did it. I've been having that feeling a lot lately. The other weird thing that's been happening lately, starting the night after I fought Rat Trap, is a recurring dream. Each night, I've had a dream that I'm in the middle of a deep, black darkness. In my dream, it feels blacker than black. Darker than dark. And I know there's light somewhere, but I can't see it. All I can see is dark, which I guess technically means I'm not seeing anything, right? I don't know. But I definitely can hear something. A voice. A voice echoing in the dark dream place. A voice that is telling me to do something. It says... Fight. Fight for us. Fight for them. Be the sword. Be their sword. Be our sword. I don't remember the exact order of all those things I just said, but that's more or less what it was. Is it my subconscious giving me permission to be a superhero? Maybe. It doesn't feel like it, though. This feels like a specific directive. An order. There is a them out there. I have no idea who they are, but they exist. I wake up feeling like I have a mission. I said it feels like a directive, but it's a directive with no direction. So for now, I patrol. For now, my mission is to protect my corner of the world. Okay, so far there's been no more rat traps for me to fight. No supervillains. But I did stop a drunk driver last night. Saw him swerving back and forth, and I flew down and grabbed his car by the bumper. Slowed him to a stop. He got out and started yelling at me. I flashed my wings at him, and he ran away down the street. I hid his keys under the passenger seat and used his phone to call the police to tell them where he was and where his keys were. I think I did something good there. I hope so. And I've been keeping an eye on the school laboratory, watching to see if there are going to be any more thefts. So far, nothing. But I'm watching... Day 46. My town is boring. That's a good thing. But there's been no real crime or, or crime that I can get to. I hear about people using police monitors to stay on top of things, but I'm not sure where to start with that. Anyway, today during the day, there was one robbery of the 24-7 convenience store that I found out about five hours later. And during my nightly patrol, I thought I was stopping another drunk driver. Turns out this guy was actually texting and driving... And he got a picture of me after I stopped his car. No biggie, right? I'm in my superhero costume. You can't see my face. Anyway, I gave him a warning about texting and driving. 
So what does a friendly neighborhood superhero do when their friendly neighborhood doesn't need a superhero? I have to up my game, expand my territory. Side note, I've had the dream again, and I'm more and more convinced it's connected to my powers. It has to be. Day 47. There are more of me out there. I mean, there are more people with fire wings out there. I should have looked into this earlier, but today I was attacked by someone with fire wings. He wore a costume and everything, called himself the Blue Jay. But I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I was doing my usual patrol, just flying over the town and over the back roads just outside of town, and there was nothing going on, absolutely nothing. But when I returned to the water tower, I realized there was someone in the sky with me. He swooped behind me, hitting my wings with his, just as I was trying to land. I'm already bad at landing, but this caused me to tumble and miss the water tower. I managed to gain control and bring myself around to face him. There he was, the stars and moon and sky behind him. His wings spread wide. He wore a blue costume. He had a blue jacket that was akin to something you might see a Civil War reenactor wear. Gold buttons along both sides of his chest and stomach. A belt with pouches. Below the belt, the jacket fanned out behind him, creating a sort of tail feathers effect. He wore jodhpurs, you know, like those horse riding pants or old-timey pilots. The pants were a lighter blue than the jacket. And then he wore boots that went up to just under his knees and were folded over. He was really using the old-timey vibe to create his suit. Except his helmet. I'm not sure if he bought it somewhere or had it custom-made, but like me, it was a motorcycle-style helmet. Unlike me, it was blue, and the visor was shaped like a bird's beak. A closer look, and you could see he'd painted the helmet to look like a bird's head. Eyes on the side, and a feather texture. It was really good work. The visor was clear, though and I could see his face. He was an older guy, maybe in his 50s. As I looked closer, I think he had a bit of a paunch going on in the belly area. Who are you? I yelled at him, still upset from the mid-air collision that interrupted my landing. He spread his arms out, looking down at me, and from his helmet I heard an amplified and modulated voice say, Behold, the Blue Jay! Are you a friend or an enemy? I yelled back, continuing my circuit around him. He had mastered the art of hovering in place. He didn't even flap his wings. It was dramatic. Effective. He spun in place, facing me as I flew around him. Let's find out, he answered. Suddenly I slammed into a wall of energy. I say wall of energy, but I don't know what it was. There was something yellow in front of me, the color of my own energy blasts, and it was solid. At the moment, as far as I can tell, he has a power similar to mine. I think he taps into the same sort of energy. Only instead of shooting bolts of energy, he creates force fields. And he used them well, for both offense and defense. After I hit the wall, I bounced back, stunned and falling, and it took everything I had just to focus enough to twist my body around and catch myself in flight before hitting the ground. When I managed that, I flew upward again, my head darting around trying to catch sight of him. There he was, floating in the air, looking down at me. So smug, so self-satisfied. Maybe I was projecting a little bit, but I realized I was now in a fight, and suddenly I saw every bully I've ever dealt with in my entire life in front of me, and this time I could do something about it. You could have just said enemy, I said, and then I fired a bolt of energy from each of my hands. One caught his wing and one caught his chest. It sent him spinning and falling, but he recovered much quicker than I had. He looked up at me, shrugged, that grin on his face, 
He floated in place while I had to fly around him to keep forward momentum so I could stay aloft. My lad, he said, I just want to know what I'm dealing with here. I slammed into another energy wall. This time when I fell, I landed on another one. Then I realized it wasn't two different walls. I was inside an energy sphere. I did everything I could not to panic. Could I suffocate in this energy ball? I stood up on the curved bottom of the sphere. My fire wings could not spread out. They, too, were encased in the energy. They would not, could not, push through. Through the yellowish barrier, I could see the blue jay, still floating in place, still holding out his hands, still grinning. Did he plan to kill me? I slowed my breathing, not because the air was getting thinner. It might have, I don't know. But because I had a plan. A very simple plan. Step one, let him use up his energy holding me. Step two, let my own energy build up as I had a moment to rest. Step three, blast through his force field or whatever it was, and while he's recovering from that, blast him again. I had no idea if it would work, but I had to do something, anything. And right now, it was his energy shield versus my energy blasts. I watched him, closely and carefully. He seemed to do the same. I closed my eyes. I clenched my fists. I lowered my head. I breathed. Then, quickly as I could, I extended my arms straight out, directed them toward him. I blasted. My blasts hit his shield and stopped. But I could see him through the force field, recoiling in surprise like something had shocked him. I blasted again before he had a chance to focus on the force field again, and this time it burst, like a slow-motion bubble. The energy dissipated, and this time the shock didn't knock him back, but I could see it on his face. He had no idea what was happening. And before he had a chance to understand, I blasted again, and this time I caught him square in the chest. He fell. His fire wings did not disappear, but they fluttered on either side of him as he plummeted toward the earth backward. His arms reached up, grasping for something that was not there. I think for a moment he forgot he even had powers, but I didn't forget. As he fell, I dove down. He might be an enemy, but I wasn't a killer. Without thinking, I was speeding through the air, my own hands reaching for his flailing arms. I should have thought it through a little better. Before I could catch him, he caught himself. His wings straightened and his body stopped falling, and just before he was in my grasp, another wall appeared in front of me and I bounced off it. Tumbling through the air, I could catch just a glimpse of him rising upward. Nice, he yelled down at me. Next time we meet, we'll be friends. I couldn't position myself to fly as I fell, but I at least managed to slow myself down. I crashed through some evergreen trees before hitting a couple stronger branches, and then I dropped to the ground. Banged up. Humiliated. But alive. And confused. Day 48. Okay, if you look deeper on the internet than just looking for articles about me in my hometown, turns out there are a number of reports of people like me. Fire angels seems to be the most common phrase used to describe us. So when my dream voice whispers to me about us and them and that stuff, I think these people are what it's talking about. Now, as to who's us and who's them, well, that's up for debate. Although, since the voice was telling me to fight for us and to fight for them, it doesn't make much difference, does it? The voice isn't saying fight for us and fight them, which would be a very different message. And yes, I did have the dream again. Same blackness, same voice, same words. I also dreamed that I was being chased by a giant zombie turkey, 
but I've been having that dream since Thanksgiving when I was four years old. I accidentally saw part of a zombie movie when I was flipping channels. I knew I shouldn't, but I kept watching as long as I could. When I couldn't take it anymore, I ran out of the front room and into the kitchen, and Mom was preparing the turkey for our Thanksgiving dinner. The sight of Mom pulling the gizzards and stuff out of the turkey's neck hole was not too far removed from the movie I had just run away from. I screamed and fainted, and when I woke up, I screamed a little bit more. I still like turkey and zombie movies. The dream is just something I have to deal with. Back to my research. I found a podcast that talks about some of this kind of thing, which is nice. I've listened to some episodes while I do my Google searches. It seems that there have been urban legends about superheroes for a long while, but the Fire Angel sightings are all limited to after that thing in space with the name that I'll never remember was destroyed. I'd be willing to bet that there's some people who don't even know they have powers, just like I didn't for a while. Who knows how many of us there are out there? 10? 20? 100? In my town, today, I know, there's two of us. And one of us is a big jerk, and the other one is me. I'm going out. I'm going to look for him. I'm going to find him. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to kick his butt. Day 48, Entry 2. Or maybe not. I did find two middle school kids throwing rocks at a cat, scared them quite a bit, but no sign of the Blue Jay. Still can't get rid of that nagging feeling that someone is watching me. But whoever it is, tonight, it wasn't the Blue Jay. Day 49. Everything is different now, but I'm not sure how I feel about it. Tonight on my patrol, I saw him again. It was a typical night. Not much going on. Stopped those two middle school kids from throwing rocks at the Canada geese near the bridge. Apparently I didn't scare them as much as I thought. Oh, and did you note that I called them Canada geese above? Well, that's because when I yelled at them to stop throwing rocks at the Canadian geese... One of them threw a rock at me, and the other one yelled, It's Canada geese, you idiot! And between then and now, that online group, Kid Raptor is a stupid name and we hate his stupid face, doesn't just have a post that makes fun of me for calling them Canadian geese. They have changed the entire name of the group to Kid Raptor is a stupid name and we hate his stupid face and he doesn't know the correct name for Canada geese. There is no way that Dave Edwards knew it was Canada geese, not Canadian geese. Not before those kids or whoever posted about it. The guy didn't even know that raptors were birds. Anyway, I stopped those kids. Stopped another guy who was texting and driving. That's getting old. Not because I don't want to do it, but because people just shouldn't be doing that. I'm happy to stop them, but I hate that I have to. And then I saw the Blue Jay. Back at my tower. This time he was standing, powered down, on top of the tower, just waiting for me to return. I landed next to him, prepared for battle. But he put his hands up, smiling behind that beak-shaped visor on his helmet. No, 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 he said. I come in peace. When I pointed out he had not come in peace two days ago, his smile shrank ever so slightly, and he said, That was our comic book superhero meet-cute, right? Everyone knows when heroes meet, that they have to fight first, right? A battle not to the death, but to the respect. Then he took off his helmet. And I can respect you, Kid Raptor. He was a balding man with a trace of jowls on his cheeks and wrinkles around his eyes. Heroes have to fight each other to know what the other is capable of and also to see if they are indeed heroes, right? What are you talking about, I said. This is not a comic book. But the concepts are the same, he said. You asked me if I was friend or enemy last time we met, right? 
Well, when you surprised me by escaping my Blue Jay Force Sphere, and I was falling, even though we were fighting each other, you dove to rescue me. That's a hero, right? I nodded. Right, I guess so. Darn right it's right. Now, he said, we need to get to know each other. I see you have powers. They are very close to mine. You also have a bird-themed superhero thing going on. Me too. He knew what I was doing with my name. Not a dinosaur, a bird of prey. I felt a little validated. I'm just saying, this is like the best recipe for a superhero duo, right? I hesitated. Things were moving fast. I'd only fought my first supervillain a few days ago. I'd only had my powers for a month and a half. Two days ago, I was fighting this guy. I answered with a meek, maybe? He looked at me for a moment. What's your story, Kid Raptor? I hesitated again. Could I trust this guy? He had trapped me in an airtight bubble. Now he was expecting me to tell him my origin story? But trust has to start somewhere. If anyone could understand and sympathize about what I was going through, it was probably this guy. Probably. Let's try something different, he said. If you don't want to tell me your story, let me guess your story. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. I nodded. Sure, let's start there. But I need some answers from you, too. You'll understand if I can't trust someone who attacked me two days ago. Right, right, he said. You do have to admit, though, it was a little fun, right? No, I said. I'm not interested in fighting battles that I can avoid. Fair enough, he said. First question. You were hit by a blast of energy the night Enduro was destroyed, right? I nodded. I was taking out the trash. You? Not taking out the trash, he said, but something just as mundane. I was walking my dogs, Benedict and Robert. They're Westies. West Highland Terriers. Next question. Any idea why they were named Benedict and Robert? What was this guy talking about? And, he said, bonus points if you can guess what one of my other dogs might have been named. May they rest in peace. What was happening? Was this turning into the quiz show? Even as I stared at him, questioning why I was even giving this guy any of my time when I needed to get home, the answer came to me. I found myself questioning myself. Do I play his game? But those names, I decided to play. You probably named one of your other dogs Basil. You named your two dogs Benedict and Robert for Benedict Cumberbatch and Robert Downey Jr., who both played Sherlock Holmes. He pointed at me, shaking his finger a bit and smiling. If ever I saw someone with a metaphorical twinkle in their eye, he had one. You see, the other dog park people, they assumed it was for the Avengers. Benedict and Robert were both in those movies. You've seen them, right? I've nodded. But you're right. It was Sherlock Holmes actors. It started with my first little Westie. I named him Rathbone. Tell me that's not a perfect name for a dog. It's good, I said. That's what started me on the theme. I like themes. So my next dog was named John for John Barrymore. I had a Peter and a Christopher for Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. They could be mistaken for a Star Wars theme, I said. He looked at me for a moment before saying, Right! Grand Moff Tarkin and Count Dooku! Wow! For a few seconds, he just sort of stood there, marveling at the connection I had made, muttering that he should have caught that. Then he brought his attention back to me. Anyway... All my dogs are named after actors who played Sherlock Holmes, but they have to be actors I liked. So I've had three of them named Jeremy, who will always be my favorite. The people at the dog park 
don't understand. I could never name my dogs after the Marvel actors. I'd be naming them all Chris. I found myself feeling lost. Two days ago, I was fighting, I thought, for my life with this guy. Now I was talking dog names and Sherlock Holmes and Star Wars trivia. So you were walking your dogs? Right, right, he said. I had just stopped to let them relieve themselves. They always poop in the same yard on our walk. Mrs. Hennessy hates it, but I always pick up after my little fellas. Always. Benedict always goes first, then Robert. And I was bending over to put their little presents in the bag when the flash of light hit. I was thrown backward. I woke up to Mrs. Hennessy screaming at me to get off her lawn, and Benedict and Robert were licking my face, trying to bring me back. He pointed at me again, wagging his finger again. The point is, it was just an interruption of life. Regular life was happening, and then bam, the ordinary is pushed aside for the extraordinary. You, he stopped wagging his finger and pointed it steadily at my chest, and me, he turned his hand back toward him, pointing at his own chest with his thumb, have been called to a higher life, a higher calling. I nodded slowly. He was right. Ordinary life was over. These wings, my powers, they were the new life. The question was, if this higher calling was to stop texting and driving, was there more to it? And you and me, we're on the same wavelength. He motioned to me, my body, my clothes from head to toe. We're putting on costumes, protecting our identity, fighting crime, helping people. As they say, I didn't choose the superhero life. The superhero life chose me. Am I right? Yeah, I answered. More or less. He smiled. Back to guessing your story. Second question. Your powers reveal themselves accidentally, probably a fall from a great height. Nothing on purpose, just a regular accident, right? And I told him about my first flight, falling and flying in the auditorium at school, and then the jump from the water tower where we had this conversation now. So for me, he said, I just tripped over Benedict on the stairs leading up to my apartment, stumbled, fell, and then glided to the ground face first. I broke my collarbone tripping over Jeremy too a few years back. Same stairs. Twisted my ankle tripping over Jackson James's cat on the same staircase last year. Obviously, this time was different. You know, with the burning wings and all. Obviously, I agreed. Question three. Once you realize you had powers and they were something you could turn on at will, you considered it a gift, but not a gift for you. A gift for others, right? Again, I answered, more or less. So, he said, you passed test number one, the skills test. You stood up to me in battle. You passed test number two, the moral compass test. You helped me even when I was attacking you. You passed test number three, the calling test. You recognize that this is big, but you don't want to use it for your own personal gain. You passed test number four, the superpower test. Our powers go well together with your offensive capabilities and my defensive capabilities. And you passed test number five, the compatibility test. Your knowledge of geek stuff shows me we can have interesting conversations. Now the proposal. Proposal? We share a superhero origin. We share powers. We share calling. You are obviously well-suited to be my sidekick. And there it was. Sidekick? I couldn't help but be insulted. Sidekick, I said. You're the younger hero. I'm the elder. Burt Ward was never going to play Batman with Adam West as Robin, right? 
That's different. That was a TV show based on a pre-existing fictional duo. We're two living, breathing people. I'm a grown adult. A grown adult who lives at home with his parents and doesn't pay for his own car insurance, but still. Kid Raptor, he said. It's in the name. The Blue Jay and Kid Raptor. The avian duo. You tell me what that sounds like. Partners. Peers. Equals. He chuckled a little bit. Anyway, I love this water tower. It would make a great base of operations, but you're going to have to let it go. We can't be tied down to one central location. People would find it as they follow our exploits. Hold on, I said. This is my sanctum sanctorium. My fortress of solitude. My bird's nest. Or it will be, anyway. Right now, it's my launching point. He crossed his arms over his chest. No longer. You have to understand, my friend. There are forces at work out there. Evil forces. They are coming for us. I've heard whispers in the wind. What was he talking about? Whispers in the wind? Okay, more like anonymous message board rumors, he said. I'm part of a message board on the dark web, and there's some people on there who have said that there are some government agencies who are looking for superpowered people like us, and that superpowered people like us sometimes end up disappearing. Did you get any details? No, it's anonymous, so I couldn't look him up or her up after he or she stopped posting in that conversation. But if you ask me, that rather proves the point, right? The guy with the information about people disappearing disappeared. He tried to say it with maximum dramatic impact, heavy emphasis on each syllable of the word disappeared. The effect it had on me just made him seem a little more off. The point is, Kid Raptor, we need to team up. I need you as my sidekick so we can have each other's backs. And we need to be careful not to operate in such a way that people can figure out where we're from. So here, he handed me a folded up piece of paper. It was a printed map from MapQuest. Was MapQuest even still a thing? On the map, the area near the water tower was marked with an X. Not the water tower itself, just the vicinity. The next town over, Clarkston, was circled in blue, and then a larger circle, with Metroville in the center. The X and Clarkston were on the west edge of the red circle. Another small town, this to the north and east of Metroville, was circled in green. So here's the plan. We only deal with crime in this circle, but we deal with crime all over this circle, not just here. With Metroville in the middle of this circle, people will think we're from Metroville, that our base of operations is there. In Metroville. Why is Glenfield circled in green? I rented an apartment there. I figure since you're younger, it'd be more difficult for you to move to where I live in Maine. I assumed you'd be in high school, though. You've already moved? He nodded. I had to lock in the place when it became available. Glenfield doesn't have many options, especially that allow dogs. He shrugged. I might as well be honest with you. I don't have much of a life. I'm no Bruce Wayne, but my parents were killed in a terrible accident when I was in high school. His eyes filled with tears. When it happened, I never thought that I'd end up with superpowers. I never knew that I was witnessing part of my superhero origin. The tragic part. I could see that he was reliving it as he stared past me into the darkness of the woods. I had no idea what to do. Everything had taken a very odd turn. Their death is what allows me to be a superhero. It's what gives me the chance to be the Blue Jay. He sighed, composed himself. 
what was happening? Here I was, sitting with a costume superhero who appeared out of nowhere to invite me to be his partner. Who appeared out of nowhere, complete with tragic backstory. I won't bore you with the details, he said. But let's just say an airline was found negligent with their passenger boarding bridge. He stopped. He choked on a sob. Then his voice dropped. It became something deeper. Something darker. Justice was served. They settled out of court, and the settlement was significant. With conservative investments, I'd never have to work a day in my life. But until the light granted me these powers, I've been living a life of complacency. Now I know it all happened for a purpose. I was speechless. He cleared his throat, then continued earnestly. If we don't partner, I'm only out my deposit and one month's rent. I'll go back home and work out a similar plan there. But if you join me, I'll move my dogs to the place in Glenfield and we'll work out a schedule for fighting crime. I'm thinking on Monday and Wednesday, you patrol Metroville solo. On Tuesday and Thursday, I patrol solo. On Friday and the weekend, we patrol together. Crime works weekends and so will we. You'll need a car. I'll pay for your gas. Patrols will be in our vehicles. We won't activate our powers without need. I can buy you an emergency responder's radio and we'll watch social media for each other. Obviously, if something big comes up, we'll go into it together. And I put my hand up to stop him. Whoa, this is all a bit much to take in. I'll think about it, okay? Do you have a Raptor mobile? What? A car for patrols in Metroville. Obviously, you shouldn't do anything to make it stand out like a Batmobile or a Spidermobile, but you need a car. I stopped him again. Listen, you have to understand, this is all a little bit weird, right? I mean, I don't know you at all, and you're coming and asking me to take part in a partnership that, let's be honest, requires a lot of trust. You're right. He put out his hand as if to shake mine. Arch Marshal, nice to meet you. I put up my hands, more to stop him than to avoid shaking his hand, but he looked at his hand, considered it for a moment with a frown on his face, and then brought it back to his side. Look, I'm sorry, this is not just about secret identities. It's about knowing you don't just have my back, but that you won't stab me in the back. Kid Raptor, I vow. A vow from you doesn't mean anything right now. I don't know you. I caught myself. He wasn't a bad person from what I could tell. He didn't deserve my anger. He just didn't deserve my trust. Yet. Look, you're proposing something that's like... I paused for a moment, wondering if I should go on. I guess it didn't matter. Not at this point. It's like a proposal. You're asking to get married when we haven't even had a chance to date. It's not a perfect metaphor, but you understand it, right? He nodded slowly as he contemplated the problem that I had presented to him. The problem that I had become... Okay, right. Listen, here's what I'll do. I'll have the apartment for a month, and Mrs. Sullivan is watching the boys back home. They're in good hands with her. Let's just, you know, work solo together. Try things out. He looked up at the moon. All my life, I've wanted my life to mean something. To make a difference to someone besides my dogs. To be a hero to someone who needed help. Eight years ago, 
Jackson James drove his car off the road and into the deep ditch next to the Costco. He was trapped in his car because of how it stopped at the bottom of the ditch. I remember yelling at some kids to run inside and call 911, and then I ran into the ditch and I opened the passenger side door and I helped him get out of his car. It was on the front page of the paper the next week. He smiled a little sheepishly. It's a small town. Our newspaper was a once-weekly. The sheepishness of his eyes slowly lit up with pride as he returned to his story. I put that front page up on my wall. It's still there, all yellowed and faded. For days, I told the story to anyone who'd listen. That pool of people dried up pretty quickly. But three weeks after it happened, someone recognized me from the newspaper article and stopped me in the farm supply where I get my dog food. His eyes and smile slowly turned down again as he continued. I told the people the story of being recognized at farm supply for a few days, too. I realized no one really cared to hear about my hero story, or my celebrity story, or any story. I was a no one. To everyone except my financial guy and my dogs. A nobody. But now I'm not a nobody. Arch Marshall? Yeah, sure, he's still a nobody. A no one. But that's just so Blue Jay can soar. He stopped talking, looked once more upward at the moon. I stared at him for a while. The silence continued well past the time it felt uncomfortable. I didn't know what to say, but this was my spot. I wasn't going to go. He had invited himself into my world, and I didn't know how to make him leave. I was about to tell him he just needed to get out, when he finally turned to face me again. Most gifts come with burdens packed in. We are not meant to carry our burdens alone. You and I are bound by circumstance. We should carry each other's burdens. Solo, we can be heroes. But together, we can be legends. With that, he launched himself upward, wings spreading out from his back, and he flew away. From the journals of Kid Raptor, a random story was a Supersonic Pod Comics production. To find out more about Supersonic Pod Comics and to find new episodes, please visit supersonicpodcomics.com. Please join the conversation with the cast, crew, and community at facebook.com slash supersonicpodcomics. On Instagram, where we are, Supersonic Pod Comics, and on Twitter at Supersonic Pod. Supersonic Pod Comics would not be possible without the support of our Kickstarter and Patreon supporters. If you enjoyed this podcast, please check out our Patreon page to find out how you can support the creation of more audio dramas from Supersonic Pod Comics and get access to exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com/supersonicpodcomics. 